you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. What do you know about this? Oh, you'll love it. Up and under. How does she do that? That's a kind of a shot that a winner takes and a winner makes. At the buzzer, a three. Welcome to Buckets. This is Action Network's basketball betting podcast presented by BetMGM. And if you're wondering why is this not Matt Moore's voice? Well, uh, this is the special WNBA offseason edition of Buckets. I'm your host, Maria Marino. You may have heard me hosting these episodes during the last WNBA season or here on the NBA episodes now and again. I also host Green Dot Daily on the Action app and YouTube channel weekdays at 3 Eastern. And I'm joined by a regular on both the WNBA and NBA episodes of Buckets, Jim Turvey. Jim, how's it going? Doing great. I uh, did a, a Buckets episode earlier, now we're doing Buckets. <laughs> I feel like my I have my basketball fill for, you know, this is this is beautiful. If I could do, you know, all, <laughs> all basketball every day, I'd be a, a happy person. So, yeah, very excited to get into some W offseason, another crazy offseason for the W. Right. You're so well-rounded. Uh, but, yeah, I, <laughs> the reason we, we had to do this is because we just had to react now that we've had a week or two to digest all of the wild off-season moves. So we're just going to go briefly through each team. And I think what this is really is just a way to sort of get a head start on how you want to handicap this season moving forward. So we're not having so much to catch up on uh, once the season is about to begin. So let's just get right into it. And the first team we'll talk about really the first two teams are sort of the tier one teams that were title contenders a season ago, both finalists. I'm sure you can guess the aces and Liberty. So uh, not a ton of movement as far as odds for either of these teams, because they didn't have to really do too much. They didn't have the big splashy moves last off season. It was the Liberty with the splashy moves and they didn't really need to do that. So Jim, um, I would say for the Aces, though, Megan Gustafson, kind of a, a sneaky addition. Candace Parker is back for whatever that's worth, but they they really have their stars still intact and in their prime in uh, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, and Jackie Young. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty funny. We'll, we'll get to how, you know, there might be a third and a fourth borderline super team. They're like semi-super teams. 
Um, but the funniest thing to me is before we, we kind of have these odds um, before and after free agency, and it has moved greatly for a lot of these teams. The Aces before free agency were plus 110, after they're plus 100. If anything, they somehow <laughs> got shorter, which is just wild because yeah. it, it's deserved. This team should be the odds on favorite. I, I honestly, like you said, there's not a whole lot of changes. They got uh, Gustafson, which is a really big signing. They got uh, Pancakes the dog. Megan Gustafson's uh, dog is also, you know, just there for the the memes is going to be great. <laughs> um, but for me, I'm not doing, I'm on the betting front, there's not a whole lot here. In fact, I, you know, I, instead of holding my money up in their title odds, I know some people are on that plus 100 number. It's a long time to hold a, a plus 100 ticket. It probably isn't going to be all that drastically different come postseason. I would rather bet Asia Wilson MVP. That number is not out there yet. I think after last year's finals, you know, we had a little bit of a David Robinson, Nakeem Olajuwon, where one got the <laughs> award and the other, you know, come finals time was was looking pretty good. So, you know, I think you and I are know that there's maybe more going on there than, than meets the eye, but I, I don't see a way that, you know, Brianna Stewart gets the MVP over, over Asia Wilson again this year. So if you're, if you want to bet the aces, if you want to be in on this team, I think the way to do it is Asia Wilson MVP. And then as we go, as we get closer in the season, we still have months and months and months to see how everything shakes out, to see how some of these new teams are looking. Then you can kind of get in on them as the season goes along. But yeah, honestly on the, on the aces front, not a whole lot going on betting wise for, for me personally, at least right now. But I do think that's a smart idea to be aware when those MVP odds come out. I would assume Asia Wilson's going to be the favorite, but something to monitor for sure. And then just really quickly to touch on the Liberty, uh, they did add a handful of international players that I'm not <laughs> super familiar with, but I'm sure they're going to be, you know, sneaky helpful. They do lose Stephanie Dolson, and we'll talk more about that later. And Maureen Johannes is going to be playing for France. So she won't be able to play, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, but I think we all, none of us would complain for like, if, if we get a rematch <laughs> between these two teams come the end of the season, I'm fine with that. But let's go ahead and move on to tier two, we'll call it. And this is based on the odds as they are currently. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it includes the Seattle storm <laughs> and it's just wild because this is a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. They were pretty rough. I mean, if you like to bet props, you probably had a lot there with Jewel Lloyd because she led the league in scoring pretty much the entire season because they had pretty much no offense beyond her. And now they're in that super team category or at least close to it. I mean, they add um, Neka Agbumike and Skylar Diggins-Smith. Yeah, to me, this is the team where I'm ready to get to, to fire off some hot takes potentially because <laughs> this is the team, in all honesty, so they, they are almost certainly going to be out without Gabby Williams this season for, for prioritization, which is really a bummer because she would be the absolute perfect fit for this team because right now you have Jewel Lloyd and Skylar Dingen-Smith in the backcourt. You have Neko Ogumake and Ezi Magbagor in the front court. You have a very solid bench, a quietly very solid bench that was really doing some some fun stuff towards the end of last season. Gabby Williams as that Swiss Army blade, Swiss Army knife, like yeah. three, three and D would literally be perfect. If if they were somehow able to talk her into coming back, which listen, there's a very good chance for them competing if she if she comes back. Even if not, they're going to be in the mix. Mm -hmm. I 
this is this is this is a little hot. I would have them on par with the Liberty in terms of title chances. I <laughs> really am high on this this Seattle Storm team. Neko Gumake is coming off a throwback season for her, where she was basically a top five to ten player in the league. Skylar Diggins Smith did not play last season, which on the one hand, you know, there might be a little rest early in the season. On the other hand, she's going to be incredibly fresh. She mm. was first team all W the two seasons before that. This is, it's easy yeah. to forget about how talented a player she is. There's depth on this team. Sammy Whitcomb off the bench was doing incredible stuff for them. The, Jordan Horston is one that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on because she in her rookie year was one of the best defensive players in the league. If she could just like not be, you know, terrible on offense, <laughs> not to be not to be blunt about it, but if yeah. she can be passable on offense, this team really, really is going to be in, in position to be a contender this year. I'm really high on the storm. I'm probably going to take their win total over. Um, I'm I, my, my one of my best bets from the article. You got to shop it around a little bit, but there is yeah. a plus 2000 in the market on them to win the title. And and I did take that because I'm really high Woo-hoo! on the storm team. First hot take of the buckets off season in the WNBA review podcast. I like it. Um, (laughs) so for sure, I'm just, I'm just so excited to see how they all come together. And yeah, I mean, if you can get a great number on them, it's, I don't hate it. I don't hate it with a sprinkle. Yeah, they really, it's, it's, it's going to take a second to come together probably, but of the two super ish teams that came together this, this off season, the storm are the one that I really think has the ability. Uh, Neka Gumake and Skylar Diggins-Smith are just pieces that you can win a championship with and and to get them in Seattle together a franchise that has a lot of history uh with Jewel Lloyd having the chance to kind of emerge last season as a, a top scorer in the league there there's just so much to like about how this team fits together right now now quick follow up because remember last season like the first half we were kind of fading the liberty a little bit because yeah. of the chemistry piece would you say the same for some of these teams that have a a bunch of new faces. So the one that we're going to talk about in a bit, yes. Okay. (laughs) I think that this Storm team really fits together nicely. Now, there are, there is always, like, especially Skylar Diggins-Smith coming back, you know, she's going to have to work through some stuff. There'll be some rust. But I actually don't think that this Seattle team, I'm going to be aggressively fading early. I might, for a week or two, kind of be knocking a, a point or two off of where I have them in a power rating. But I really like this storm team. I think it's a really natural fit on a lot of different ways. And I'm, I'm ready to ride in Seattle again. I I really am. Nice. Okay. And something to note as well, in case you didn't know, Skylar Diggins Smith and Jewel Lloyd actually did play together at Notre Dame. It's a big reason why SDS went there. So maybe a little chemistry built in. And I assume you're teasing Phoenix as the other team. And we will get to that in a moment. Hold that thought. Um, Wrapping up the, Tier two, again, um, in regard to the current odds, we have the Connecticut Sun, who were definitely the third best team in the W last season. Uh, they add Tiffany Mitchell, Rachel Bannum, which are pretty nice pickups. I'm so bummed that Tiffany Hayes retired because I thought she was such an underrated and like perfect signing for them last season and just took them to new heights. So a little bit bummed about that. Yeah, there's a couple of names missing from here that I makes for me the sun not the not the in this tier. I have them one tier below. The odds very much do have them in this tier. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit low on the sun. So they lose Tiffany Hayes, like you said. They also lose Beck Allen, who's just like one of the most valuable players to kind of she's kind of like that Gabby Williams mold of being able to slot onto really good teams. 
She and she doesn't take away things. She only adds. So she's that's going to be a huge loss for them. And then Natisha Heideman has long been one of my favorite players in the league. She's going to be in Minnesota this year, which you know we'll get to them. I, I like Minnesota mm-hmm. this year. I, those three losses, I, I do think Tiffany Mitchell and Rachel Bantam are, are solid additions. Um, Mariah Jefferson as well is in town. I I don't think the, the, the odds have this as the third best team. I do not have this as the third best team. And I think that their floor is a little bit lower than than anticipated, you know, with, with a team of this level normally has. So they, they've got some injury history. Brian Jones is going to be back, but she's right. working. She's going to be rehabbing off an Achilles. That's that injury is no joke. Alyssa Thomas, you know, she she amazed last year. She in all honesty, in hindsight, should have been the MVP. Was, yeah, she probably should have been the MVP. But you know, she she has a history of, you know, her shoulders. I don't know what's going on there. It seems like there's like scotch tape holding one of them on. So Legit. this this team, I, I'm gonna be looking to fade. I'm gonna be looking to fade them early. Um, because as as Jones works her way back, I think that's yes. something to watch. Um, and and they slot new players in. I but I might be looking to fade them from a, a full season perspective as well, just because there is some health concerns here. So we don't have any win totals out, but this is probably a team I'm gonna be looking at an under on a win total on. Got it. And I should probably clarify my statement too, because it was a little bit rude by saying Alyssa Thomas should have been the MVP. We all know it was a very controversial MVP race. She technically got more first place votes than Stewie, but Stewie got more second place votes. But we all agreed. Forget what you saw in the postseason. If you looked at the regular season, we were going to be happy with any one of those three, including AJ Wilson, winning the award. So I just want to throw that out there so people don't think I'm throwing shade. Uh, I do want to remind everyone as well that this podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so we are going to get into what I'm calling Tier 3 of the WNBA teams heading into this season based on odds as they stand. And I can just feel that Jim is going to have more hot takes coming. But (laughs) let's start with the Wings. So they were a four-seed a season ago. And the main thing here is their core is back. And in particular, Satu Sabali, because there was a question about that going into the off season. And they also have a couple of first round draft picks. Yeah. I am really high on this wings team. They are a young team. Their core is back. They are going to have the continuity that a lot of these teams don't have. Um, They have more continuity, even than a Liberty who, you know, now they're in season two, which is great. The wings are in, you know, season three, four of this kind of unit coming together. What, what I'm really curious to see is, you know, they had a couple of draft picks last season. They have two picks in the first, in the top nine of this draft as well. They really need two things. They need outside shooting, mostly just three-point shooting. They Not even like spread it, just, just three-point shooting. They really struggle to get to, to beat the other teams that can beat them in the math game. Because it's just, mm-hmm. you know, if you're taking, you're going two by two is great for Noah's Ark, but in the, in the modern <laughs> W, we need to sprinkle some threes in there. Uh, the other is defense. The defensively, they they could use some help. So this isn't a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a team that I'm really high on. And they actually match up really well with the Aces. They have given the Aces a lot of trouble 
uh, in years past, in part because they have so much size. So they have Tierra McCowan inside. They've re-signed Kalani Brown, which I love that move because it it leans into the identity of this team as a team that's just going to bruise you to hell and just going to beat you on the boards. <laughs> they got they got Arike and Satu, you know, taking doing the shot making, and then they've got the bruising inside. These these young players that they have um, that they have from last year, um, uh, Lou Lopez Senechal and Stephanie Sorez, those those are the potential shooters that can bring some space yes. to this team that is really needed. Maddie Seagrest as well. She didn't play a ton last year. They have some young players that really interest me. And and this is where, you know, there's only really one market out there right now. The, the only one with odds is title. But because it's early in the offseason, so you can shop this around. So there's numbers as short as like plus 1,200 on the wings. There's also numbers as long as plus 2,700. So, you know, from an implied odds perspective, that isn't a massive gap. We're talking about three or 4%. So you can understand why books might be that far off. But from a payout perspective, I yes. really want, I the wings are one of the teams at plus 2,700 that I would love to be on because I could easily see them making a run this postseason and maybe not getting, if they don't get to the finals, but maybe semifinals. It's definitely a team I'm high on in general. Um, and I really think they match up well with some of the best teams in the league as well. So worth another future bet it sounds like. And I'm glad you brought up Lou Lopez Seneschal. Um, I covered her at UConn before she was drafted. She was injured all of last season, but tremendous three-point shooter for sure. And then Maddie Segris was the leading scorer in the nation last season. She was the only one who's scored more points per game than Caitlin <laughs> Clark a season ago. So I am so excited to see how they develop. Moving on in what I'm calling tier three, we have the aforementioned Phoenix Mercury, who have also done just so much this offseason. I don't even know where to start. I would say <laughs> they definitely have attracted at least, I would say, two of the top free agents on the market, and Natasha Cloud coming from the Mystics, and then Kalia Copper, which was a bit of a shocker because she was really the face of the Chicago sky. Yeah, and and those are two big names. They also got Beck Allen in free agency. Yep. Um, and in that trade that that brought Kalia Copper town, they got Morgan Birch. So they this is a whole new look Phoenix team. Um, you know, Phoenix has a, a very strong history. This is one where I wish we could have been leveraging futures, you know, a little bit further out because it was very obvious that this team was gonna go for it. They have new ownership. Mm -hmm. New ownership loves to make moves. They don't have picks in upcoming seasons, so there's no real reason for them to tank out. They've got Diana Taurasi in probably her last few seasons. So this, with the writing was on the wall that they were going to make some moves this offseason. They have this one. This team, I'm a a little bit more wait and see on. Um, okay. I, I, you know, Natasha Cloud and Beck Allen and Kalia Copper are players that I think in the postseason, especially, I'm going to be more interested in them. But I could see them struggling in in the regular season, um, especially like, Copper, Copper, Cotton, and Diana Taurasi are players that they have incredibly high ceilings, and I think that they can get up for big games. But on the night to night, especially Taurasi at this age, I just don't know if we're going to see the highest level of this team day after day. So if this team is, gets buzzed up as kind of one of these you know semi super teams. I think I'm going to be zagging and looking to fade them on a game-to-game -game basis, especially early in the season. This is a lot of different styles of play coming together as well. You know, Natasha Cloud and Diana Taurasi almost think you couldn't think of two more different players, which theoretically could be great for the postseason, but those styles are going to have to mix. They're going to take some time to, to get that together. New coach as well. So I don't hate this team. 
once we get to the postseason, but I don't want I I want no piece of the features now. Let's <laughs> let's let them scuffle a little bit in the regular season and then grab a really long number before the postseason if the stars have aligned and it looks like maybe they can do some things here because there's definitely talent on the roster, but mm -hmm. I want to wait and see how it how it shakes out first. Totally fair strategy. I mean, I was shocked to see Copper go there just because, you know, a couple seasons ago, it was the sky against the Mercury in the finals yeah. and it was very yeah. heated. <laughs> there's definitely some memes out there with her and Sophie Cunningham and Diana Taurasi. And there's just a lot of assertive personalities. I think Natasha Cloud might be the saving grace for them as far as like the peacekeeper yeah. and like getting everybody to flow and buy in. So I'm very intrigued, but totally don't mind being patient and rounding out our Tier three is the Indiana Fever. And this was a very exciting team a season ago. Thought they might actually get into the playoffs. Like they're, they were looking like they could have, they had a chance to get in. Obviously have the rookie of the year in Aaliyah Boston. And oh, by the way, the number one pick in the draft who we expect to be Caitlin Clark. Yeah. So this is a team that from a long-term perspective, I, like I am almost comically high on the the combination <laughs> of Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston. I, I, if you offered me like one and a half titles that the two of them win together, I would take the over. And that's, that's an insane statement. Well, they haven't yes. even played a game together, but it's, it's such a good match of, of personality, of competitiveness, of uh, positional play of style of play. I really think that the long-term future for the fever is incredible. That being said, I think we have seen, you know, Caitlin Clark is about as buzzy an athlete to enter the W in, in recent memory. I think this team is going to be a little bit overhyped. I think they're going to be a little bit, this first season, it's so hard to come into the league as a guard and really translate your game perfectly from what you were doing at the college level. We saw it with Sabrina. We saw it, even Enrique who had like really good scoring numbers that first year, the winning wasn't there. So it, it basically to a T, if you are a scoring guard, it's going to take you a year or two to adjust. And this Fever team, by the end of last season, it was clear that they were, you know, the second or third worst team in the W. And by the way, the two teams that were below them were the Mercury and the Storm. And those teams mm. have obviously gotten a lot better. So I think that this team is overhyped right now only because the long-term perspective is so intriguing. And and the the potential for that that team to come together. They have some great pieces around them. I really like them bringing Katie Lou Samuelson this off season. The three was a position where they really struggled um, yeah. in, in seasons past to kind of find the right piece to give them some shooting there. Grace Berger is a really fun young backup guard as well. Love I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey Mitchell is incredible. The long-term future of this team is awesome. Melissa Smith, you can kind of go on and on, but with so much talent in the league, I think it's easy to look at a roster and kind of imagine what can be, while not totally realizing that a lot of teams have the ceiling that the fever have for this season with much more experience. So I think the fever being priced as like the fifth best team in the market right now, if that's actually how it's being treated on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm going to be on the opposite side often, even though it's going to really depress me because I like the fever are definitely going to be everyone's second favorite team. If not their, you know, first favorite team. Yeah. They'll be, be a darling. A yes, absolutely. But I, I'm totally on board as far as proceeding with caution and just for reference. So again, these are kind of our middle mid tier teams yep. and the mercury and fever both have consensus odds of about plus 2000, uh, the aforementioned wings at about plus 1700. So now we get into 
what the odds suggest are our tier four teams. And I have the dream here as well as the links. Now the dream are very intriguing to me. Uh, <laughs> they add a player named Tina Charles who did not play <laughs> last year. She was just like off chilling somewhere, being low key, but she is one of the greatest WNBA players ever. She has not won a championship yet. That's like the only thing missing uh, from her resume, but they also add Jordan Canada from the Sparks, Ariel Powers coming over from the Lynx. That was a, a mind boggling situation last season. She didn't really get a lot of playing time, but I feel like she has a lot of potential, but ultimately the, the dream were a five seed a season ago. Um, their, their odds have, have actually ballooned interestingly. And I think that's because so many other teams made so many great additions, but looking at about plus 4,400 right now. Yeah. This is, I think maybe the most confusing team in the league as, as we head into the season. Cause <laughs> kind of like me, you were last season. Right. And I was, I was very high on them last season. I'm a little bit more skeptical this season. Um, Tina Charles is one of the most talented players in the W. It's also a reason she's been on, you know, six, seven, almost eight teams now in, in her career. She's, she's, she can be tough to play with at times. She's she loves to get a bucket, which can be great. And for this this dream team, it might be you know something that a veteran who can get a bucket sounds great. Like theoretically, what last year's team needed was a center and a point guard, and they brought in a center in Tian Charles and a point guard in Jordan Canada. There just happened to be a lot of question marks about both. Tian Charles is is a little bit older. She has not done a whole lot of winning in her career. And Jordan Canada is a player who had an amazing season last season. She truly did break on the scene and have one of the breakout seasons of 2023. But she's a weird stylistic fit for, for this dream team. And she had shooting numbers that didn't match what she had done at any other time in her career. So is there going to be some shooting regression there? I, I personally think, you know, there's a chance she just got better. That is definitely feasible. But there's a lot of wait and see with this dream team. I, I I think, you know, Alicia Gray, I think is one of the best, most underrated players in the league. Ryan Howard is one of the best young players in the te in the league. But there's there's weirdness around the team. There was the whole Cheyenne Parker getting benched as she was getting voted to the All-Star game thing last year. There's Ariel they Powers. Went on, they went on like a crazy losing streak last year too, out of nowhere. It's a, it's a strange team. <laughs> it is a very strange team. And it's one that I am a... I'm more skeptical of last season than I was, or uh, sorry, more skeptical of them this season than last season while I was very high on them in part because I'm very high on their front office and their coaching. Right. The coaching even looked a little bit questionable last year. So I, I, the front office, I still have a lot of faith in the roster has talent, but it just seems like there's something smells a little funny. And that, you know, the odds maybe at plus 4,400 show that we, the, the, the market as a whole thinks things smell a little funny. We might not get a whole lot of chances to fade them, but if we get a good number on them to miss the postseason or something like that, that might be a look that I'm looking at when uh, when the odds drop for those markets. And when you start to see markets like make miss playoffs, keep in mind that last season you had the Dream as the five seed, the Lynx as the six seed, and the Mystics as the seven seed, all with the same exact record at 19 and 21. And the Lynx are the other tier four team we're going to look at right now they lost a lot of players it almost feels like they just turned over like this new leaf we we talked about them losing you know Ariel Powers who wasn't much of a uh factor anyway but they add Natisha Heideman from Connecticut and Courtney Williams who's bounced around a lot but is a very talented guard um so and then 
I, I'll say this too. Like Nafisa Collier played like an MVP pretty much throughout the season. Yeah. And the Lynx last season started out really slow. And that's why they were so like behind the eight ball. She was obviously coming off of pregnancy, but like she, um, she was phenomenal. So I'm never going to really like be down and out on the Lynx as long as they have Nafisa Collier. Yeah, the Lynx are a team that I'm, I'm pretty high on actually as well. And now I, I talked about this in the article a little bit, that there are a lot of teams that had much splashier off seasons, but in terms of just like churn and volume, like kind of like you talked about, they have like seven or eight players out, seven or eight players in. And right. I really like the players coming in. You know, I, I I used the number of teams that she's been on on her career to kind of ding Tina Charles, maybe a little bit unfairly. But Courtney Williams is almost the opposite of that in my mind. I think she gets a very bad rep in a totally undeserving way. She was outstanding in Chicago last year, and she added a playmaking ability to her to her skill set that hadn't been there in the past. And I really think she is exactly what Minnesota has needed for a while at the point guard position. That's been a position they've struggled to fill for a lot for, you know, half a decade now. And I think she is going to be right there uh, with, with Alana Smith, who was with her in Chicago last year and, and was probably the most improved player in, in the league last year mm-hmm. and is an analytics darling. If you, if you're the type of person that really loves to <laughs> dub, dig, dig into those, you know, kind of fancy pants stats, Alana yeah. Smith is, is one of, one of the best, uh, if they're if they're priced around you know game to game or make miss playoffs, what their what their championships are odds are relevant to to the rest of the league. I'm gonna be all over this team. The Fisa Collier is a top five player in the league. Um, I wanted to see it from her last season because she had been trending downwards a little bit. She she was outstanding last season. She really was strong. Um, I, I'm I'm really high on this team as as a whole, and I think that they're they're really the, the only skepticism I have about them is that. From a big, big picture thing, big picture lens, I sometimes fade teams that outproduce their net rating. That just says the number of points, like you have your win total, you have your wins, your losses, but you also have your points scored and your points allowed. And oftentimes teams that get lucky on the margins by wins and losses, the next season I'm looking to fade them. The Lynx were the luckiest team in the W in in that regard last season. But I think that's in part because you had Nafisa Collier yeah. And Cheryl Reeve, and that is replicable in a season. So I, I'm I'm really high on this Lynx team. They've got great leadership from a player level, from a front office level, from a coaching level. I, I just think this team is, is really strong going in the season and it can be slept on a little bit. I think so. Potentially a little bit undervalued. And we're going to wrap things up here in just a couple of minutes, but we do have a few more teams we want to touch on in Tier 5. These are sort of the title long shots. We have the Mystics, the Sparks, and the Sky. So briefly, Jim, we can go through them. But I mean, the Mystics, we talked about losing Natasha Cloud. Elena Deladon deciding to step away from basketball for an indefinite amount of time is a real killer. Um, but I like a lot of the young pieces that they added. They're going to be fun. Dee Dee Richards, Emily Angsler, and so on. Um, but it just seems like a tall task. Although I'll say this, they do return some really good players. So this is the team. So this is the <laughs> team I am highest on in relation to the market. I really think that they can surprise some folks. My only worry, and this is if you're, you know, I just talked about if you're an analytics person, if you're like a karma person, the karma is not good with the mystics after what they did to, to EDD with the coring and kind of, you know, I think, I think me, the, 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 the buzz seems to be that she maybe wanted out of town and they, didn't want that. So they cored her and kind of forced her hand a little bit. Not mm. great karmically. 
That being said, I think that this team is is actually going to be really fun and and has the potential to really be. They're not going to win a title this year, but I think that they are. I think that they could hang around that playoff zone, the low playoff zone. Remember, they they dealt with injuries to a lot of players last year. Yeah, they were without Ariel Atkins. They were without EDD for a stretch. They they've learned how to play without EDD to a degree. That's Brittany true. Sykes really stepped up last season. I'm be looking at her player props hard. Um, Shakira Austin is one of my favorite players in the W. I think that she's like Aaliyah Boston without all of the fame. She is one <laughs> yeah. of the best. She you can build a defense around her, and I I think that they really can with this team. Build build out an offense that is run and gun and shoot. You know, Eric Eric didn't have the best uh, regular season debut, maybe coaching wise in his first year, but his dad's a great coach. His sister's a great coach. I'm sure he is a good coach. I think he was just you know getting adjusted last year, and I think I this like- offense could be really fun. I'm gonna look at them on long shot money lines against good teams because I think they're gonna chuck a lot of threes, bring a lot of variance, and surprise a lot of folks this season. And I think they're going to be good defensively. And and you mentioned it with with Eric Tebow. It's like we have to acknowledge all of the like the rash of injuries that they dealt with. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. And just two more on our list. We have the Sparks, who are all the way up to consensus, like plus seventy five hundred, which is a shame for Kurt Miller because um, he was kind of regarded as one of the best coaches when he went there from Connecticut. And now that they lose Neka Gwumake, it's like full rebuild mode, it feels like. Yeah. <clears throat> to me, this is by far the worst team in the W. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to this guy in a second. But roster-wise, I this is, again, this is like almost, you know, a, a sibling to the fever where I, from the long-term perspective, I think that the Sparks are actually going to be in really good shape. They have the number two pick, the number four pick, and the number eight pick in what's going to be a great draft. Now, mm-hmm. Paige Beckers isn't coming back, so maybe that – four pick loses some value, but this is still a very good draft to have three picks in the top eight is awesome. That mm-hmm. being said, this team is not going to score points. My biggest takeaway looking over this roster was unders. I'm going to be pounding their team total unders. I think their defense actually could be decent. So maybe just full game overs in general, but I'm this team is not good. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I love Aaron McDonald. I think she's going to have a chance to, to break out. I'll probably be looking at her player props but she's really the only one who brings any sort of offensive punch. Lexi Brown missed big chunks to last season. She looked good when she was around, but we'll yeah. need to see what she can bring. Alicia Clarendon has, has been good in the past, but you know, they, they weren't even in rotations by the end of last season. Azari Stevens, Monique Billings, good defensive combination. I don't know where the buckets are coming from. So I, I just look at this roster and I say, I, I just don't know how they're going to score at all. So I'm going to be looking at, unders and just fading them in general even though i love the future of the team as a whole and that just leaves the chicago sky and unfortunately the writing was kind of on the wall when you saw that their franchise player if you will kalia copper was going to leave in free agency to phoenix so they were already at like plus five thousand prior to free agency now all the way up to around plus seventy five hundred yeah, this is, you know, big scale karma, maybe kind of coming around. I and maybe even not even karma, just, you know, X's nose of if you if you don't support the team and you don't have the infrastructure, people aren't gonna want to play for your team. And and the ownership hasn't really put a lot of, into it. And you see players being fine leaving Chicago and not really wanting to go to Chicago. So I think the roster actually is 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 decent. Um, but this, this league is so deep that like decent means you're the 11th best team. Because, right. You know, Dana Evans, I think we could see a little bit of a breakout from her this season. Marina Mabry it was, was strong last season. 
I it's Elizabeth Williams is one of those, you know, I wrote, I wrote up uh, the Jill and Johnson all-stars for the NBA, the, the players who are kind of underrated by spread. I, I think I'm gonna have to do that this year for the W and I think Elizabeth Williams might be the one who I name it for, because I think she's really, really talented. She's kind of in that Shakira Austin mold of like a big who you can build a defense around and is very efficient on offense. I like, I like what she brings to the table, but there's, there's just not enough here to in a league that has as much talent as the W has right now. And on such so, so few teams, it's you can be a decent roster. So we talked about with the fever. You can look at that roster and be like, oh, there's like intriguing parts here. But intriguing parts honestly means you don't even really make the playoffs, which is is speaks to the mm. league's talent. But it, it means the sky are in a bad spot heading into 2024. I hope that there's some good karma coming to the sky because they added their new head coach, Teresa Weatherspoon, who is one of the most inspiring people I have ever spoken to in my life. I've had the pleasure of interviewing her a couple times. Money, mwah, chef kiss higher. So I adore Teaspoon. And I actually do think there are some, like you said, sneaky good pieces that she's going to get a lot out of. So something to keep an eye on, but I completely understand they're not just not being enough there to um, have full faith in them this season. And that's all 12 teams we have gone through in our special WNBA off-season edition of Buckets. Once again, I'm Maria Marino. So glad you could join me, Jim Turvey. Um, you've referenced it a couple of times throughout the pod, but uh, I should remind everyone that you have a very extensive article that goes through all the teams up online at actionnetwork.com. So... With that, I will say thanks for listening to Buckets presented by BetMGM. Also, thanks to our producer, Matt Mitchell, and our video team at Action Network. We will be back before the season begins May 14th, so keep an eye out, and let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.